Coming live from Cleveland, Ohio, United States is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Gordon Stein, financial wellness expert, author, and international keynote speaker. Welcome to the show, Gordon. Oh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for so, so much for coming in, Gordon. So we are talking about how to achieve financial wellness in day-to-day -day life. You know, everybody has uh, financial stress. Nobody is without it. Even those people who have money, they are also in some sort of financial stress, how to manage it. But for general population, it's the lack of uh, financial independence that puts them under a lot of stress. So what you can say is, what is what are the steps to reduce financial stress in our day-to-day -day lives? You are an expert. You have written a book on this, Cash Flow Cookbook. Tell us all about this. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. The amount of people who are in financial stress is really remarkable. You know, a little bit, spend a moment on some of the stats of what's happening right now. 62% um, of Americans will retire with less than $10,000. You know, it really is shocking. 85% of people are so stressed about money, it actually impacts their work. And the other one is 41% of people um, cite financial stress as a key cause of their divorce. So we've got this real problem on the go. And then people are often stuck in this tug of war between do I live for today, do I enjoy myself, or do I sacrifice now so I've got a better future? And I think the answer to that is neither. I think you can have a great life now and have a great financial future. And when I researched Cashflow Cookbook, I got intrigued with the ways to free up cash by saving on everyday expenses. And there's been some books and articles written about this, and often they have you know, schemes that no one would ever do, you know, clipping coupons and driving to four different grocery stores and making your own cleaning products. And those are things I don't think most of us would really want to take the time to do. But the great news is there's all kinds of things you can do to dramatically reduce those monthly costs and use that money that freed up cash can be used to pay down debt or it can be paid to increased investments. And so the book provides $13,000 of monthly savings ideas. Not that any one person would probably experience all 13,000, but I would say a typical person could use cash flow cookbook and use the financial recipes in the book to free up a thousand or two thousand dollars of monthly expenses. And that's the premise behind the book. Yeah, yeah, please, uh, please carry on. And you are talking about, you know, 60 financial recipes. Now, maybe that many may not be required, but you can tell us as many as possible, looking at it from an Indian point of view, though you are based in the USA, yes. but a lot of things are so global, people will understand a lot of things in the Indian context. And I'll tell you, you are talking about money, and I see all those guitars behind, and whatever you'll say will be music to a lot of, uh, to a lot of ears in India. <laughs> well, that's fabulous. I don't know how much Indian context I can give you, but maybe you can sort of convert some of the ideas for us as we talk about them. So right. in Cashflow Cookbook, I broke it down into six categories, which I believe are pretty global. 
Um, housing is usually the biggest expenditure for people. Um, transportation can be significant and food. And then we move from there into household kinds of expenses. We get into lifestyle and finally financial uh, areas. So, you know, we can talk about them in, in any order. Or maybe it'll give us a couple to get us started and then you can steer us from there. Um, one of the ones that's really quite interesting is the whole credit process. And this is one I actually admitted from the first few printings of the book. I hadn't even thought about it. But your credit score has a huge impact on all kinds of other numbers. So having a poor credit score versus a good credit score can swing your interest cost on a loan by a remarkable 70%. It can also change your car and home insurance by 30 to 50%. So we've got this situation where there, there is this credit score number. Most of us aren't aware of what our credit score is, but it's kind of stealthy because it can change the cost of lots of things. So somebody might be paying 30, 40, 50, 60% more on let's say a car loan or a mortgage and not have any idea where their rate came from. So that's a pretty interesting one, uh, just as a starting point. Um, right. If you look at some, right. of the, um, some of the other recipes from the different categories, uh, one that was quite interesting when I did the research is clothing. And what the research tells us is that we only ever wear 20% of the clothing that we buy, which seems kind of remarkable uh, until you go and clean out your closet. You know, on Netflix, there's Marie Kondo, who's busy right. tidying up people's houses. And, you know, people tend to watch that and say, wow, the house looks so much nicer after she's done. Everything's all organized. But I watch those shows and I see garbage bag after garbage bag heading out of the house. And often it's clothing. And what happens is, you know, we're in the mall, we're shopping. We see this unbelievable deal on a sweater or a shirt or pants, whatever it is. And so we buy it on the spot. We're not shopping mindfully. In many cases, we bring it home, we go to put it away, and a few things happen. One is we have one almost identical to it, so it was a wasted purchase. Or we bought it quickly on sale, and we didn't realize that it doesn't fit properly. Maybe the sleeves are too short or too long. When we go to our closets, you tend to go to that best uh, outfit to wear for the day. You're never going to put your second best foot forward. You want to look your best. So a lot of these clothes that we buy, we never wear. Um, and that can be quite a significant expenditure. But so for shopping a little bit more mindfully for clothing, we could actually spend double on clothing that we wear while reducing our overall clothing spend by 50%. So there's a couple to get us started. Happy to talk about recipes from any of the different categories in the book. But a typical person might read through the book, might follow through the 60 recipes. They might say, oh, I'm not even in that category. They may say, yeah, that's a good one. I'm already doing it. But even if they can find five or 10 of these financial recipes, they can say, gosh, never thought about that one. They go back and reshop something or use a more disruptive way to buy something um, that can make a massive difference in their finances. Right. You, you are uh, very much on the track. You know, it's the same sort of, you know, uh, issues that people face in India. A lot of uh, people do pay a good amount of rent that forms a good amount of uh, part of your that salary expenditure, and mm -hmm. then uh, in terms of uh, clothing also, that's that's a very important aspect. A lot of people do buy excess. And nowadays there is online shopping added. Even if you are at home, you are not away from all those great deals that can come onto your desktop or mobile phones. So, yeah. 
how do you cut down on rent? You have a quality of life that you have to lead to. How do you work things around that? So the whole, I mean, in terms of how do you do all this, but maintain your quality of life? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, that's exactly the whole point of cash flow cookbook. So the whole idea is to get people out of this tug of war. You know, a lot of personal finance people say you have to save 10% of what you earn. You have to budget carefully. You have to give up things that you love. And I don't believe that at all. I think the key is to free up cash on these regular monthly expenditures on these necessities all of them can be done much less costly manner. And then, you know, you have money free for things you enjoy. I don't skip on guitars, as we can see. Um, you know, I enjoy nice guitars. I enjoy nice bikes. I enjoy nice sporting gear. If I go see the Eagles in concert, which I did, I go get great seats. But I make sure that all of my utilities, all of my insurance costs, all of these monthly recurring costs are lower. Let me give you an interesting example uh, from the household category that might resonate with some of your listeners. Absolutely. So um, I was at my doctor and it turns out of my, I've got a bit of a cholesterol issue. So I need to take these statin pills, which are very popular around the world to lower cholesterol. So, you know, most people, they don't think about it. They get a prescription from the doctor. They walk out of the doctor's office into the pharmacy. They go and their focus is on getting this prescription filled. So that's exactly what I did. I waited in the pharmacy to get the prescription filled and I uh, got the prescription. I said, well, how much is that? She says, it's $107. I said, well, how long is that for? That's a month. Well, I need to take these pills for the rest of my life. So, you know, no one's going bankrupt on $107 a month, but that's significant. And I said, gee, that's a little bit pricey. And she said, why don't you get one of our drug cards? I said, well, how's that work? She said, well, if you get the card, then the pills are only $63 a month. Or that's a 40% savings. I said, well, that's pretty good. How much is the car? $20 a year. So I'm going to save $500 a year for a $20 a year car. That's easiest thing ever. And how long was the conversation? You know, about two minutes. So I was quite pleased with myself. I told my brother-in-law here in Ohio the story. And he said, no, no, you want to go to one of the online pharmacies. So he gave me the, one of the, the name of the one he uses. I looked up my pills. You can look at your exact medication there. $13 a month. So I went from 107 to 63 to 13. And I thought, I thought maybe I'll check out a couple of, of these other uh, discount direct pharmacies. And sure enough, I found a place I get the pills for $7 a month, name brand pills delivered right to my door. I don't even have to go to the pharmacy. So, you know, how long did that take to save $100 a month? And we all have dozens of these things that we can do. And the key is there's no yelling, there's no haggling, there's no screaming. These are simple changes everyone can make. Sometimes it's about conserving something in the case of electric, electric bills or natural gas bills, those kinds of things. Sometimes it's about shopping around, things like car insurance, home insurance, life insurance. And sometimes it's about some innovative ways to save money through disruptive new companies that have come up, just like that drug example I gave you. But everybody can free up you know, depending on their income and, and where they're at in their age and stage, most people can free up $1,000 a month by following cash flow cookbook. Minimal effort, maybe takes you 10 hours. Right, right. So which is the uh, most important number that you uh, talk about that one should keep, uh, keep in mind, one should track all the time? Yeah, it's interesting. I studied this quite a bit. Um, a lot of people will set a monthly budget 
um, and they'll track their budget and they'll allocate, you know, their income. They'll say, okay, look, I can afford to have a car loan of $300, $700, whatever the numbers might be. It's different for everyone's income, but the principles stay the same. So a lot of people will track a monthly budget, but my concern is you can track this monthly budget and you can track it month after month after month, but there's no guarantee that you're going to retire with significant wealth because maybe those numbers were wrong in the budget. Maybe you're already living beyond your means. And another example is, you know, let's say you're allocated for argument's sake, $500 a month uh, for your car payments. Now, if you go to a car dealer and they say, what's your budget? You say $500. They might put you into a 96 month loan, <clears throat> right? So you're buying a vehicle that's way beyond your means. You're going to spend way too much in interest cost and, you know, that capital could have gone to paying down other debt or could have gone to investing and building some wealth. So I think a better number to track is what I call your wealth number, which is really just the difference of what you own, which might be housing and cars and, you know, other assets, retirement funds, what have you, minus what you owe, mortgages, car loans, whatever. And that's your wealth. And that, I think, is a much more important number. And I like people to take a look at that every month. Go into your statements, what's your house worth now, what's your car's worth, what are, you know, the loans and everything else. And you start to focus on that number and you start to develop an interest in growing that number. And when you do, I think you look at everything different. Because if now you're going to go get a new vehicle, you're not saying I've got to fit into this $500 monthly. You're taking a broader picture perspective. You're saying, hey, what's the vehicle that will do what I need it to do, <clears throat> be an enjoyable vehicle, but now I want to optimize my wealth not my monthly payments. So now I'm interested in the total interest cost of the loan much more than the monthly payments. So this idea of tracking wealth, I think is really key. Okay, okay. Now let's step a bit backward. You know, what you talked about, you know, and the figures are so revealing. 64% of Americans retire with less than $10,000. Means that's a uh, abysmal figure to have when you retire. You should have much more than that. And 64% of people are living with that. How do they live with that? So I'm sure that would lead to a lot of stress to anybody. Yeah. Now, as I said, let's go a bit backward. What is the big, biggest reason for stress? Is it, uh, is it that they are not able to live the life that they had intended to, that plan for themselves? Is it that they are not earning enough? Is it that they are, don't know about financial planning? Or is it that they are worried about uh, just... Uh, just something else and, and are not able to plan for the, for the future, for the present, as well as life after retirement? That's a great question. I think there's a few components to it. Um, the first one is the level of financial education is horrific. And I think this is pretty much a global issue. Um, it tends not to be taught in high school or elementary school, definitely not taught in colleges. And some workplaces provide some assistance, but often it's someone who's trying to sell you know, a financial plan or a financial product. So first problem is education. People really don't understand um, financial wellness and how to get there. Second problem is there's this relentless push from people selling products and services. And you see it, you know, that they're doing functional MRI studies to understand how we buy. You know, the wording of ads is drawing us in the images, the videos, the celebrities, you know, wearing the clothes or the shoes or the electronics or whatever it may be. So consumers have had no toolkit to push back against this or to understand it. So we're drawn in. And now you see more and more kind of microfinancing. You can buy 
something that's really quite low cost and you can buy it over time, which makes everything more, you know, I hate the term, but affordable. So people are buying more and more, they're living more and more beyond their means. So that's a big issue. We've got inflation starting to spike around the world. So people are having a hard time uh, making ends meet. And you're seeing fewer and fewer organizations with, you know, long-term defined benefit pension plans. So the consumer is increasingly left on his own. And in this kind of an environment, you know, long-term government programs, social security kinds of programs are just not adequate. So all of these forces are combining to get people to a point where they just don't have enough money. And that absolutely leads to stress because they feel like they're <clears throat> being pressed. Obviously, they need food, they need housing, they need transportation. Um, and yet the funds are there. And I think the key thing is this happens at all income levels. You see people earning $50,000 in the U.S. or earning $500,000. Neither one are saving enough right across the board. So, see, life is not going to change from the other side. And the, and the audience from this side or the, or the target audience, you can say, the customers, they would continue to lead the life that they are leading and sellers, marketers, companies, you know, personal finance companies, anybody who has anything to sell or to loan will continue to find new innovative ways that will make it almost absolutely necessary for you to survive. Now, how does an individual live into the, in, this, in this sort of a financial matrix and try to come out cut out all the clutter and be live like almost like a monk, but without living, you know, losing out on any of the quality of life. How yeah. does one do that? Yeah. How will, will, is your book enough or is it just a part of that process? Means it's a mind boggling question for anybody who is a, a simpleton as me. It's a great, it's a great question. So I think the first thing is there's a change of mindset that's ne necessary and there's a, a need to change habits. And I think that's why I go back to this business of tracking your wealth number, <clears throat> because it, you know, there's so much gamification out there. You know, we have this need, we want things, and there's a big dopamine boost when we buy something we're excited about and so on. I think if we can shift that over, because often what happens is, you know, you're excited about something, you feel the strong need, you've got to get the new iPhone or, you know, whatever it is, the object of your desire. And there's so much excitement to get the product that most people will get it and that big rush wears off. And then the credit card bill comes a month later. And then now it's they're below where they started from a mood perspective. So I think switching that whole gamification from, you know, getting satisfaction from buying something, switch that to building satisfaction from building wealth. And when you have wealth, it means you have options and it means you could go build a school in Nepal. You could take a year off. You could retire early. You could go do work that's more interesting to you. And if you picture that from a higher plane perspective, that's a lot more exciting than getting a new sweater or the new phone or whatever it is. You start to change your perspective on things. The other thing that I think is important is, as we talk about in Cashflow Cookbook, to look at all of these recurring monthly expenditures. So there's car insurance, home insurance, life insurance, there's transportation related, there's house taxes, there's mortgage payments, there's car payments, there's all of these things that are going every month. All of those bills can be lowered. It's easy to do, doesn't take a lot of time. In Cashflow Cookbook, I lay out how to lower each and every one of these kind of oncurring monthly expenditures. Um, 
And when you do that, you're going to free up some cash. But the key is, as soon as you free up that cash, you want to put it to good purpose. You want to instantly increase your mortgage payment if that's your big issue. Certainly, you want to pay off credit cards. And if debt isn't your issue, then right away, you want to get those funds to a qualified financial advisor and use that money to build your wealth. And if you do that, then your money starts to come under control. And if there's something that's important, a long-term investment or something that you really enjoy, my case, my guitars, um, <clears throat> then you go ahead and, and you, uh, you have that indulgence. So yes. even on those discretionary kinds of things, there's always a better way to buy something. And in fact, use these guitars as an example. So, um, you know, I have way more guitars than my playing ability would suggest, but um, I read an interesting piece from the Fender Guitar Company, and that is that 97% of people give up on playing the guitar within one year, which is not surprising because it's a difficult thing to play. Um, but what does that mean? That means there's... I'm a one of them. I make up that 90% percentage. <laughs> well, what it means is there's a ton of great used guitars out there. So, you know, all of these guitars, I paid less than 50% of retail by buying them online. You know, great condition use. People may have played them five or 10 times. And so, you know, I bought everything that you see on the wall behind me at about a 60% discount. So, you know, it's not about being cheap. It's not about, um, you know, spending hours looking for things. I just set up an alert on some of the online marketplaces to get exactly the guitars I want. And um, away we go. That's great. In fact, what's the story behind your guitars? Is it just like... Uh putting it, uh, what, buying, buying more and more guitars? Or is it like uh, you love music? And uh, I wanted to talk much more about it. Uh, but you, as I said, told you before the show, there's been a thunderstorm. And right now we are on backup power. So okay. I'm just hoping that that don't change from the backup to the day-to-day uh, the, uh, the -day power. Otherwise, we'll just have to, again, yeah. come back and connect. And I don't want to do that. So. Yeah. I will say, but very quickly, if you can tell us about yeah. the guitars, what's what's the story well, think, behind it? Yeah, it ties into the financial piece. You know, many people are they're so stressed out about money, they miss their higher life purpose and they miss a lot of their joy in life. Um, you know, for me, I really I love music and um, it's great to listen to music. It's even more fun and more satisfying to learn to be able to play uh, an instrument. And so many people say, "Oh, I'm so jealous of you. You've got these musical skills." I don't. <laughs> I just work really hard over a long period of time. It's something that anyone can do. And, um, you know, a fabulous hobby. And, and typically it's really, uh, it's also cost effective. Once you own the instrument, you own the instrument and you've got hours of entertainment there. I encourage everybody to take up an instrument. There's all kinds of online learning available. And, um, and I love the guitars themselves. I love the way they feel. I love the sounds they make. Uh, it's just a really... Terrific source of enjoyment for me. Great, great. I will, I will certainly interview you again, uh, Gordon, and also talk more about those guitars and the type of music you you love. Uh, at the moment, at the moment, as I said, it's the thunderstorm that forces me to rush up a bit because I don't want to lose out on that. You know, this break, give a break to this conversation very quickly. If you can tell us, uh, even at the cost of repeating yourself, no problem. What three changes that, you know, my audience can immediately or globally also, because this, this show is a global show, it goes to many countries, they can make today to build wealth for them. 
Yeah, I would say, you know, some quick three changes. I would list out all of the bills, all of those monthly bills that people pay. All of them can be reduced um, and start and pick one. And, you know, if it's, for example, car insurance or home insurance, you can compare that quickly online. You can go through an independent broker who has access to a lot of them. Pick any of those bills and I lay out a cash flow cookbook, how to reduce it. Start by reducing one bill and then immediately put that money to good use. So if you're going to free up $100 um, in whatever country you're in, the currency, um, free up $100 a month. And right away, you can put that to good use and give that to a financial advisor, increase your monthly contributions or pay down a credit card. So the steps are really, I call it broil a bill, cash flow cookbook. Right. Um, so we're going to broil a bill. And then I call it savor the savings, put those savings to some sort of good use. And the third one I would say to people, start tracking your wealth. And sometimes people say, well, I did what you said, you know, what I own minus what I owe. I had a negative number. That's okay. You know, sometimes students, they've got student loans. You would want to get out of the negative numbers into the positive numbers. Then what happens is your money is working for you. The money is pulling you forward rather than dragging you backwards. There's three quick tips for you. Great. Great. And where do you, this is my last question. Where do you get the book? Um, so the book is available on amazon.com right now. There's a Canadian edition up there. Um, the U S edition will be up there within a week or two. Um, so watch for that on Amazon. It's available as a hard, sorry, as a paperback and as a Kindle edition. So you can read it online and it's going to be up on some more platforms shortly. I don't have an Indian edition, but I think most of the principles would apply. And if you want to give me some guidance, maybe I could build an Indian one. Kidanya. Right. And I'll put some information about you as much as I can on the YouTube description so that people can know yeah. more about you, find you, and also yeah. learn about you uh, sure. and, and try and get their book. So thank you so much for joining in, Gordon. Uh, yes. Thank you for so much for, for your tips. Uh, and, and I'm sure people will uh, sleep a bit easy after knowing these tips. And you know, money, as I said, is music to almost everybody. With this, with this, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Pleasure.